Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Merciful, merciful, say, 
chapter 10 verse 10 it says the thief cometh not but for to do three to steal kill and destroy amen but thank God the scripture said that I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly amen. two statements two blueprints the first part is very negative and very destructive mm. and the second part gives us life and that is our hope for the future amen our ministration for this morning it's about life. Amen. Amen. Now, if we call the devil thief and he came to steal and to kill and to destroy, then it is safe to say that the devil is a murderer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we ready? Come on. Jesus is a life giver. Say he came to save. He came to save. 
but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Are you hearing me? The thief cometh not, but, to, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come. Oh, testimony. Next week, next week, I beg you. Chief. Director. I beg you, next week, I beg you. He's my boss, <laughs> Hallelujah. No, he's running the church. Well, you don't know. He may not be in the forefront, but behind, he's actually running the church. And I really like it. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's my boss, yeah. Because, what did I say before he became, my director came to disturb me? The devil is a murderer. Do you understand? Before my boss came to interrupt me. But the truth of the matter, but Jesus, so, so, this is, it's, it's a fundamental truth. Anything that invites Satan into your life, it will destroy you. Are you hearing me? The Bible said, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill. So if you are in your house and you hear, co, 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 and you open the door, and the devil, know that three things are about to happen to you. Either he's about to kill you, to steal from you, or to destroy you. He's not visiting to chat with you. No, 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 no. So, so don't make the mistake of inviting the devil. That's why the Bible said that give him no place. And there are some people in your life you shouldn't give them a place. Because the Bible says your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may eat. He doesn't eat. He devours. Satan doesn't eat. I said the devil does not eat. What does he do? He does not eat. What does he do? Have you watched uh, the animal channel and see the lion? You see, uh-huh, that's the difference. When you eat, you may leave some bones behind. But when you devour, nothing is left behind. Nothing is left behind. The lion devour, they don't eat. Are you hearing me? When something remains behind, you are eating. Even though some brothers devour. <laughs> yeah, some brothers, if you give them food, they devour. Nothing is left behind. We have seen some before. So give him no place. So be careful about activities that bring devils into your life. Hallelujah. That's why I'm teaching about loyalty and disloyalty. That's why we are teaching about loyalty and disloyalty. Because loyalty is the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Disloyalty is the spirit of the devil. Hallelujah. And if you participate in disloyalty, you are inviting the devil. And when he comes, three things are likely to happen. He will steal you, he will kill you, or he will destroy you. So give him no place. Let's pray about the offering. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, my Arshiko. I put your hands together for them. Father, we thank you for this offering. We bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. The devil is a murderer. He came to steal. Tell you. 
don't, don't entertain satanic activities in your life. At all, do not. Hallelujah. I'll get there in my preaching one day. Holy Spirit, thank you. All right. Let's see whether you are awake. Romans 9, 16. Amen. You see, the Bible said, so then, it is not of him that will it. Not of him that runneth. Do you understand? But of God, that showeth mercy. This is one of the verses you must get in your coconut. Never to forget that it is purely God who showeth mercy. Hallelujah. So, it's not because you, you, you have a strong will or talent or skill or because you can run. It does not mean anything. At the end of the day, if God does not show you mercy, you are done for. So then, because you see, a lot of time, a lot of times, a certain deception can come into your head. That will because I am this, that, 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 that. That is why I have this. No, you are wrong. Because there are many people with what you say you have, and they don't have it. So at the end of the day, it is God who showeth mercy. Like I was saying in the first service, we all decide when we are going to bed, but nobody has control when you wake up. You have no control when you wake up. There is no guarantee that you will sleep tonight and you wake up tomorrow. There's no guarantee. Hallelujah. So if you go to bed and you wake up in the morning, it's by the grace of God. Are you hearing me? That's why you cannot go to bed and say, oh, I'm going to sleep 5.45. I'm waking up sharp. No, no. Something has to wake you up because you cannot wake up by yourself. You don't have that power. You see, you don't have that power. So it is only by the grace of God. Hallelujah. It is not of him that will it. Not of him that run it. That is why even in the church, you see that sometimes the most beautiful girl is not married. I'm preaching. She's pretty, beautiful, outstanding. Uh-uh. But some ordinary looking person gets married, divorced, and another person wants him again. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes, it's amazing. The one who has one thrown it away, somebody still wants him. It's a mystery. It means that it is no looks or beauty or achievements. So those of you ladies who think that oh, because I have A, B, C, D, I can buy a man at any time. Wrong, wrong, wrong. I'm preaching. So some guys are because they are, oh, I can pay for this, I can pay for this, I can buy a man. You kidding me? The answer is wrong, wrong, wrong. You can never buy a man, not even a laborer. So then, mercy. If you have a good job, it's the mercy of God. And if you have a good marriage, it's the mercy of God. Don't say, that, oh, me, I'm the funky type. I don't have to keep a man. Shame. You are wrong, 
See, the guy who wrote about 10 steps to successful marriage, <laughs> he wrote about 10 steps to successful marriage. He wrote it. Uh, what's the name of uh, this guy? Um, Mike Medic. Mike Medic wrote 10 steps. Step number one. This step number two, make breakfast and say hello, buy flowers. Step number three, make sure that you go on vacation. Step number four, by the time he reached step number ten, his wife divorced him. <laughs> so then, it is not of him that willeth. No, run it. You see, I'm preaching a mature message to you. Everything you are, just accept that it's by the grace of God. Are you hearing me, church? You see, and stop labeling people that this has happened to them because of that. No, 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 no. You make a mistake. I'm preaching. Stop labeling people. Oh, maybe the reason why he's going through this is because of that. Make no mistake. It is not him that will let nor run it. But it is God who should wait mercy. It is God who should wait mercy. It's God who should wait mercy. If you have not fallen into sin before, it's not because you are perfect, though. Sometimes I, sometimes I tell the young, the young ladies, thank God you are not outstanding. Your ugliness is good. Because if you are outstanding, you don't know the temptation you go through. Yeah. <laughs> Some things have not come your way. Are you hearing me? So then. So then. You know, so it is God who should, sometimes God spares you by not allowing some things to come your way. Oh, as for me, I'm the honest type. Listen to me. You have not been put into a certain situation. That's why I think you're honest. No, you have not been. Yeah. I'm called. My, my, my primary duty is to the Lord. Hey, I'm principal. I wait upon the Lord. My duty is to be about my father's business. You know, I can't stand this type of pastors who are always late, not doing the things of God. I mean, they don't, they don't value the anointing. I value the anointing. Relax. Wait till you marry. If you can say the same thing. <laughs> I'm preaching. You are married if you can still say you are anointed. Stop, stop, stop saying that. Oh, you know, as for me, as for me, I don't have unforgiveness, I forgive easily. I'm preaching. Oh, as for me, I don't have any unforgiveness. I, I mean, I, I, I don't get hurt. I'm an easy ghost. Wait till you marry, then you can say you don't have unforgiveness. Because so far, anybody who has offended you is outside. But when the one who's offending you is inside, that's where we see whether you can forgive or not. So then, I'm preaching. Look, you see, a lot of things you talk because you are young. You see, recently was a meeting, and the bishop gave a certain criteria. And he said one of the criteria for receiving to give certain people a certain whatever, to come out later on, is that you must be at least 50 years old. Minimum. You see, until anybody 
cross, if you, you, if you, one must be a pastor and two must cross, until you cross 50 years old, you cannot be acquired certain accreditation. Yeah. Because by 50, Charlie, if you are, if, if by 50, all the midlife crisis has gone. If you are still who you are by 50, then you know that you are. So if you are 36 and things are working well, don't brag. I'm serious. See, by 50, if you have passed the test by 50, then you are passed. Yeah. So you say, I'm not, give, I'm not going to give this recognition until somebody has crossed this age. Just know you got well done around it. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. So then, you see, this verse will help you to walk in gratitude, number one, and also in humility. In humility. Okay? And it will take away pride and unforgiveness. Hey, you hear me? So then. Yeah. Oh, as for me, I'm not the type. What type, what type are you? Ask your neighbor, what type are you? <laughs> yeah. Look. Some temptation, pray that doesn't come your way. Because if it comes your way, it will not be easy to resist. May God show you mercy. Oh, I don't know. Somebody is getting blessed. May God show you mercy. Somebody is getting blessed. May God show you mercy. Somebody is getting blessed over here. May God show you mercy. Somebody is getting blessed. Somebody is being blessed. You are receiving mercy. You are receiving mercy. You are receiving mercy. You are receiving mercy. Mercy. Part of the message. So then. So then. Somebody show you mercy. And when it comes to mercy, God said, I will show mercy. I will show mercy. It's his choice. Somebody is receiving mercy at the back there. That corner, mercy. Mercy is coming your way. You are being blessed. powerful. That's why the anointing is powerful. The anointing is nice. The spirit of God is beautiful. It directs the service. One, two, three, four, receive mercy. 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 It's beautiful. Every time you are exempted from something, show that see that it is the mercy, the mercy of God. Every time you are exempted, it's the mercy. That is why um, I like the testimony that the guy gave. You know, there was an earthquake in Mexico. There was a recent earthquake in, earthquake in Mex- Mexico. 
and people died. Then a guy was pulled out 17 hours after the earthquake or so. And they were interviewing him on CNN. I really like that guy. So when they asked him, how come he survived? Do you know what he said? He said, so yesterday, he said, I knew God would keep me alive. What he's saying was that, what he was saying is that he's purely alive. That's all. He had faith that somehow God would show him mercy. You see, and it's good to have faith in God. Not the other guy who said, oh, you know, when the thing came, I had done some scuba diving lessons, so I know, <laughs> I know how to hide in between a rock. I've been trained. I was in the marine for six years. So we're doing some deep sea diving so I was able to hide it. No, 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 no. Please. The guy said, I know. See, that statement is an act of faith. That even though everything is collapsing, I know God will keep me alive. May God keep you alive. May God save you. May God show you mercy. Somebody is getting blessed. Somebody is getting blessed. Somebody is getting blessed. Amen. Oh, I loved it. Somebody's getting blessed. Yeah. It's beautiful. She wanted just nice. Yeah. You need mercy. All right, let's talk about it's still part of the preaching anyway. Even the message you are hearing. You see, even the message about this lawyer is God's mercy. To spare you so that you don't become a victim of disloyalty. Because when you become a victim of disloyalty, it will destroy you. Nobody has been disloyal and survived. It will destroy you. So when you even hear a message about disloyalty, you should see it at God's mercy. That God is sparing me from destruction. Do you understand what I'm saying? That God is sparing you from following Satan. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, I started talking to you about disloyalty, loyalty and disloyalty, and um, we talk about the stages of disloyalty. And I said that disloyalty is a process. Nobody becomes disloyal overnight. No, nobody becomes disloyal overnight. It's a process. It's gradually. That is why we always say in, in, in Lighthouse, loyalty today does not mean loyalty tomorrow. You may be loyal today, but tomorrow you can be disloyal. It's a process. Hallelujah. And so like everything that is a process, and let me tell you, when I'm talking about disloyalty, I'm talking about Satan. He's the first person who was disloyal, and it will destroy you. And so it's a teaching that you must understand, believe, trust. Anybody who, look, anybody who is successful, or anybody who has achieved something great, puts more emphasis on loyalty than talent. Oh yeah. Talk to presidents. Talk to CEOs. They trust loyalty more than talent. Oh yeah, because you are broke, you haven't had anything, that's why you think that. When you get to a certain level, what you look for in people is loyalty, not talent. Yeah. Because at a certain level, you are so busy, you can't look at your back. So the last thing you want is somebody who... Yeah. So when you are young, that oh, 
he's so gifted, he's so talented. No, no. Look, presidents, CEOs, big companies, what they look for is loyalty. One of the reasons why Bishop is invited everywhere now is the message of loyalty. Loyalty. Because everywhere the message has been preached, pastors suddenly begin to realize the reason why they were failing. It's not that they didn't have a, a talented singer. It's not because they didn't have a talented instrumentalist. It's not because they didn't have a, a, an eloquent assistant pastor. They have all that, but their ministry was still failing because of disloyalty. have talked to a few people who are in important places, and all of them will tell you. Loyalty. Yeah. I, at least, at least I know a personal, I'm giving you all these windows. I know somebody, a personal, who got promoted. Okay, he got promoted to a very high post because of loyalty. That he learned from Churchill. Because one of the things we talk about loyalty is that, I mean, if you are loyal, I mean, always agree with the leader, support the leader, make Make positive comments. So this person, he's, he's in a big firm, you know. And the CEO of the firm, they, they go for board meetings. And every time the CEO will talk, other people, then he will say, oh, I think what the director is saying is okay. I think it's a good point. Then he will teach more on it. Elaborate. Yeah. Can you believe that when the CEO was retiring, Mike, I'm, I'm not talking about a small firm, a big firm controls millions of dollars. When the CEO was, was about to retire, he called the board and said, this one is taking over. Yeah. He looked at the, this, my friend, and brought him. So, in the firm that he is, he's the, I mean, pure, you see, when you see white old men, great hair, white old men sitting down, you know that money is there. Every time you see white old men, gray hair sitting at the table. Always. So when you see all these white old men with gray hair sitting down and a black boy sitting there, then there is something unique about that black boy and that was his loyalty. Amen. So I've been talking about, so I say it's a process. Disloyalty is a process. Nobody becomes disloyal overnight. Are you hearing me? And like everything that is a process, early detection is key. Are we clear on that? Anything that is a process, what? Again? That is why they do screening tests. Because if you wait to stage four breast cancer, you are dead. That's why they say, come and do annual exam. Because when you pick up it, when you pick it up early, Cast no mind inside you. Just a little decision. But that same thing, if you don't pick it up early, it will destroy you. That's why they do prostate exams. Even though now, I think uh, they are trying to remove it. Come up with a better test. When you, that's why they say go for colonoscopy. Because early detection is key. Yeah. In the same way, because disloyalty is a process. What are the stages of disloyalty? Everybody in lighters, you know. Stage number one. Today I'm on you people. First love. Stage number one. Everybody keep quiet. These are my people. Step number one. Number two. 
Ashla Mehmet. Stage two is what? Okay, the whole church. They don't know. Stage number two. Stage number two, what? Stage number three. Stage four. Stage five. Stage six. Uh, Brian, list all the stages on the screen because it's very important that we get it. List all the stages from the book Loyalty and Disloyalty. Just type them down. Everybody, write these notes. Until we get this, I'm not continuing my preaching. It's a stage. Brian, put it down, put it down quickly, please. Just type it for me. I need somebody to type fast. Stages of disloyalty. Quick, quick. Okay, if you are not, you are too so I'll give you the stages because stage one, type, stage one is independent spirit, okay? Stage two is offense, okay? Stage three is passivity, okay? Stage four is critical stage. Are you getting it? Too fast? Very good. Yeah. Stage one is what? Stage two is what? Stage three is what? Stage four? Stage five? Stage six? Stage seven? Stage eight? You see, and if you are a good clinician or a good nation, a good country that is health conscious, put a lot of emphasis on stage one. Because you don't wait for things to get to. By the time you cross four, five, and six, you're on your way down. So even though there are so many stages of disloyalty, if you notice, I'm putting a lot of emphasis on stage one. Because I don't want anybody here to cross stage one. Early detection. Are you hearing me? Which is the independent stage. Having an independent spirit. Somebody hearing me? That is why, like, for example, that's why they do the Mantu test. The, the TB test. The purpose of the TB test is to see whether you are positive for TB. And the early stage, ideally, should be negative. Then the next stage is you are positive. Then if you are positive, you are exposed. Then, then you have to, when you are positive, then you have to do an x-ray to make sure whether it has gone through your lungs. So sometimes you can be positive, but the x-ray is negative. It means the disease has not got into your lungs yet. So they give you treatment for six months. But if they do x-ray and it's there, then it has crossed another stage. So a lot of money is put on stage one. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? So I'm talking about independent stage. Forget about 
critical political like, like one brother said, Shelly, like one brother said, somebody was teaching about the rapture. What will happen after the rapture? So after the rapture, there's going to be uh, the period of the tribulation, the period of tribulation where the, what is it? Uh, the Antichrist will come, uh, no, the citizens will come, the mark of the beast, uh, those will be saved through fire, like I think 144,000 will be saved. Teaching powerfully, and then a certain brother was sleeping. I mean, sleeping, no. The man was preaching, but. So the pastor got down and said, ah, I'm teaching you are sleeping. What do you listen? He said, No. I am determined to make it at the first time. I don't care. <laughs> He said, he said, I will not be here. <laughs> I am determined to make it to the first rapture. So I'm not interested in what happens. <laughs> and I, I, I think that's a good idea. He said, look, so far as I'm concerned, I, see, he said, so far as I'm concerned, I am determined. <laughs> so I don't care what. <laughs> Who will be saved, the mark of the beast. I'm not interested because I will not be here. That's all. So let me sleep. You see, make it your aim not to even get to the offense stage. Hallelujah. Independent, okay? And I'll show you, see, the independence is subtle. Independent stage means that you are in a group, but you think differently. You are part of the association, but you think differently. So watch out for those little, little signs. Okay? The choir is meeting on Wednesday. No. The, we say the choir is... We are having rehearsals on Saturday, but we are praying on Friday. Then you say, listen to me, a choir is supposed to sing, not to pray. I'm not praying. <laughs> are we prayer warriors? We are a choir. I won't do anything on Friday. In the stage one. Independent. Are you hearing me? These are little, little things. Something is being preached powerfully. That's why I said, like, those of you when I'm preaching, you go outside. It's independent. That's stage one. Ashes, if you see anybody there, stage one. Bring them back or cast them out. Yeah. Of course, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you have an emergency, like something, something critical you have to respond to. I can understand that. But don't make your habit that when you are preaching and you are outside. That's stage one. I mean, sometimes you have something important to attend to. That's, un- that's understandable. Are you hearing me? Yeah, stage one. Independent. Yeah. We say we are... Uh, uh, we are all wearing blue. Oh. I wear pink. What, what blue? I don't like blue. I don't like blue. You see, be careful about it. Amen. See, and, and, and there are examples of, I'm going to show you examples, because I'm putting a lot of independence, examples of independent people in the Bible. See, a good example of an independent person was Joab. So we study job. I mean, I can teach loyalty for the whole year, but I'm ending it today. I'm giving you only the highlights. Amen. But let's look at Joab. He's, he's a good example of, or a good example of a bad thing. See, sometimes somebody can be a good example of a bad thing. Yeah. May you not be a good example of a bad thing. Hallelujah. What did Joab do? Joab had an independent spirit. Number one, let's look at examples of Joab's independent spirit. Second Samuel chapter 3, verse 20. 
First of all, who is Joab? Let me talk about Joab. You see, Joab was one of David's generals. Okay? He was more or less like the army commander. So he was very vital to David, the army commander. In, if, if, if in a church setting, Joab would be one of the assistant pastors. In a political setting, he, he, he was the army commander. In a corporate setting, Joab was more like the vice president. He was like close. So you can, you can, you can see Joab in every area. In, 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 a, in a marital setting, Joab is like the wife. So there are wives who are Joabs. Listen to me carefully. <laughs> so it depends on where you put that person. There's always a Joab. Joabic wives. <laughs> so, let's see this Joab. Second Samuel chapter 3 verse 20. You know, so he was, he was just a great guy. And then there was another guy called Abner. Who, Abner who was also in the military. You understand? And Abner was rebellious. You know, Abner controlled the faction. wanted to, like, mutiny. So David said, look, I want to solve this Abner problem by bringing Abner to a peace treaty. You see, I'm talking, as a lawyer, you can learn a lot too. You see, a lot of the problems in the world, military conflicts, are solved by talking, not by threatening. Go and tell him. Tell the guy. <laughs> I won't mention any names. Go and tell the guy. A lot of world problems are solved by talking, not threatening. I'm preaching. Diplomacy. Sometimes the problem cannot be solved, but you can talk just to keep it peace. Let's talk. So good, so good diplomats are the ones who can talk. The aim is not to solve the problem, but you talk to keep it under tone and not threats. Because because, like, like the Bible said, Moses said, when your brother takes your eye, you take his eye. When he, he takes your ear, you take your ear. But when Jesus came, he said that when your brother stabs you, you turn the other cheek. Because an eye for an eye leads to a blind world. All of us will be blind. If, if one eye for an eye leads to a blind world. So sometimes problems are solved by diplomacy. So David said, look, this Abner, he's a rebel. I know he's a rebel. I know he's somewhere. But that's not the way to solve the problem. Let's bring him to the negotiation table. And talk. After all, after all, what did God say? Oh, I'm preaching to you. What did God say? God said, do your sins. God said, come, come. Let us reason together. Reason. Let us talk. Let us reason together. Though you are serious, even God calls you to the negotiating table to reason. You everything you don't want to reason. I will bump you. Idiot. Talk. Come, let us reason together. So it's not every problem that you tell your wife. Listen, you must submit. No. Come. Let us call her to the negotiating table and let us reason together. Let's talk about this. And stop saying, I'm the head. Do what I say. It's not, uh, if, 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 I'm threatening you. If you don't obey. No, 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 no. Look. Come, let us reason. So David called Abner. He said, Come. Let's discuss this issue. And Abner came. Michael, Abner came. And David had a peace treaty with Abner. 
Shake hands. Deal. Then Abner left. Then Joab came. And they told Joab that, oh, Abner was here, he's gone. And Joab said, what? You allow him? Don't you know all the things that he has done? You make you go like that? Please. I will not take it. I will not tolerate it. You will not take it. So Joab sent a message to Abner. That, oh, come, come, come. The king forgot about something. Very important. So come back. Okay? So, you see, so Abner came to David. This is the first time. 20 men with him. And Abner made them, and, and David made Abner and the men that were him had a feast. This feast, smoke it. Break bread. Everything's okay. Then, uh, what did Job do? 26 and 27. And, and when Job was come out from David, he sent messengers after Abner, which brought him again from the well of Sarah. But, but David. But what? But what? So one of the signs of independent spirit is you have a meeting, but you don't want the senior pastor to know. I'm preaching, Serena. I'm preaching. Yay! <laughs> you, see, you see, this is between you and I. Reverend does not need to know. Oh, Reverend is too busy. Let's keep it between ourselves. And David knew not about it. And Reverend knew anything about it. Oh, you know, this is private, you know. Just between us. Reverend doesn't have to know anything. No, he doesn't have to know everything. You know, some things, let's keep it, you know. We are also in charge. I'm preaching. We are also in charge. We are also leaders. So we don't have to let Reverend know about this. I'm preaching to you. Look, the last week I told you when you hear of loyalty and disloyalty, don't think of anybody, think of yourself first. Because some of you have think about other people, think about yourself first. And David knew about it. No. And when Abner was returned from Hebron, Joach took him aside to the gate to speak with him and smoked him there, pow, under the fifth rib. Let me tell you something. This thing there, unless you're not political. What Joab did, eh, it could have led the nation into, nation into a civil war. A lot of civil wars happens because of this. Sometimes your action, your independent action, can lead a church and into a civil war. It will disintegrate. Look, but for the grace of God, it will have led into a civil war. Because, what do you, you read? And, and Abner came with 20 men. It means Abner also had followers. I say, if Abner has also what? what? See, sometimes when you are treated with people, you have to be careful. Amen. And sometimes it's good to negotiate. Negotiate. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. And that didn't end there. This is Joab. David said, listen, my son Absalom, Absalom is my son. Okay? Joab is not your son. Let me show you that verse. Yeah? Second Samuel 18.5. 
Abishai and Ittai, saying, deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. Everybody here. Yes, Absalom was rebellious. I'm preaching to you, church. Absalom was disobedient. Absalom was somewhere. But in spite of everything, he was still the king's child. Kabaya. So, sometimes, what am I saying then? Sometimes you are too judgmental. You are too critical. Um, I mean, I, I, don't, why, I don't see why Reverend is allowing this person to do this. You see, let me tell you something. He may be a brother to you, but he's a child to me. So deal gently. Do you know when the prodigal son returned? He was lucky that his father was alive. Hey, he was so lucky. If the father was not alive, how the senior brother would have dealt with him? Because you see, there's a difference between a father and a brother. You see, when you have a father's heart, it's not because you have not seen a person who's doing wrong, but you still sort of still give him room, hoping that one day they will change. So I'm preaching to you. I've been a pastor for a while. I've pastored you for a while, many years. I'm telling you, some of you, the things you know that I've not seen, I've seen. I've had a few occasions, Reverend, you know, I don't think this person can know this. Reverend, you know, no, no, no. I know more than you know. You only know one, 180 degrees. I know 360. <laughs> I know 360. You only know one line. I know 360. So, it's not that I know that the person is not some way. I know the person is this way. But a father always makes room. Hoping that one day, one day, there are some of you here, if I had not allowed you to grow, by now you'll be out. But because of your son, even though you were some way, I allowed you, you have turned around. And you know yourself. You know yourself. So I said, look, he's my boy. Because sometimes you get a lot of criticism in the church. Uh-uh. I, mean, uh, I mean, this person is somewhere. Uh, uh, Reverend, this person, he's, he, he, he's immoral. The life he's living, if you knew that he was, you know, no, no. You only know her sleeping with one person. I know her sleeping with seven. I know more than you know. I know more. But, see, but I have allowed it. I have not endorsed it. Are you hearing me? Oh, I'm preaching to you. Listen to me carefully. Because, you see, because when you go, you see, when you go pointing people's faults or telling them what is wrong with them, what you are doing is accusing. And the Bible says Satan is accused of the brethren. If you are a good father, I used to get worried. 
I'm telling you, I used to get worried that ah, with all my preaching, this movie won't change. I used, to, I used to, it used to disturb me that with all my preaching, talking about this thing, this person is still fornicating at your age. At your age, if you're fornicating, I mean, I can, you see, some fornications are hormonal. You know, first love, the boy's breast. But at your age, for, the, your fornication is no longer hormonal. It's a demon. I mean, at your age, you are still fornicating. All your skills are wrinkled and you are still fornicating. <laughs> that one is demonic. Understand some 22 year old, the hormones are kicking. That's hormonal. But at your age, with your skin, I mean, when you take off your blouse, everything is skin, and you are still fornicating. That one is not, it's not hormonal, it's a demon. <laughs> at your age, at your age, the fornication has crossed hormonal levels, not demons. I'm serious. Some things that you see. How do you know something is spiritual? Something is spiritual when it does not make logical sense. Because logically speaking, most people who are your age who are even married, they are not even sexually active. They have slowed down. So for you to be active at your age and fornicating, it means that it's not physical. It's actually spiritual. You are dealing with a demon. I'm preaching. <laughs> Look, I'm anointed though. So when I speak, be careful. I'm trying to explain things to you. That, that, that behavior at your age is demonic. So rather, be honest with God. If you think that me, I'm going to point it out to you, I will not. I will give you snipes here and there, hoping that you will confess one day so that I'll pray for you. But I will not accuse you. I will not come and point it out to you because that will be accusation. But when you come yourself, then I will, because you see, if you watch me, I'll give snipes here and there, look, but you must know that I know. And I am willing to help you. But you cannot help somebody who is not willing to help themselves. If you come, you will be delivered. I beg you, I'm preaching you. You see, Psalm 11 verse 3. I think Psalm, it's Psalm, yeah, Psalm 11 verse 3. Or Proverbs 11, one of the verses. Psalm 11 verse 3. Let's look, let's look at that verse. Psalm 11, Psalm 11. I'll come back to this. Start Psalm 11. No, verse 3. Other Psalm or Proverbs? Oh, 3, 3, 3, my brother. Hey. Uh-huh. If the foundations, watch this verse carefully. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If their foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? This means that no matter what you do, the foundation is very important. Once you lay a wrong foundation, you can do anything. It will still not prosper if the foundation be destroyed. If the foundation. So the foundation you lay is crucial. You see? Some of you have laid the wrong foundation. So even though you are doing a lot of righteous work, you are still not getting blessed because the foundation is wrong. I'm telling you. And the prophet. The reason, I, I'm explaining to you that the reason why 
you are sacrificing a lot. You are doing a lot. But somehow, your life is not going with the way you should go because the foundation. If the foundation. So it is important. Hey, church. I was, I was talking to Bishop recently. Bishop is a great prophet. And he was telling us, look, the churches, God called him to start churches. And he said, if you look at our churches outside Ghana, they followed certain lines. Can I talk to you? I'm preaching. And, yeah, and he said, look, our church outside Ghana, the first establishment were UK, America, and Switzerland. But there were no churches in Italy, Germany. Now we have churches there, but the churches don't go there first. And he explained with this verse. He says, from where we come from, Ghana, the natural line of migration legally is people who come to America were legal. People who go to the UK were legal. Or a few of them were legal. Uh, Switzerland, he, he comes from Switzerland, so he has family there. So we're legal. So, to establish a church and to appoint somebody as a pastor, one of the things that you require is somebody who is there legally. Because if you appoint somebody illegal as a pastor, you are anointing something with the wrong foundation. Not that he doesn't say, not that he hates illegal people, but he was explaining that you cannot start that way. It's deep, Amma. He said, by that act, the person's foundation is not right. He's not, con- he's not condemning, but he's talking about foundations. So now, by the grace of God, as our church got bigger, and people were able to migrate into those areas legally, then he began to establish churches there. It does not mean that all our church members are illegal. That's not the point. That's, that's not the point. Don't get it wrong. He's trying to talk about foundation. He doesn't like, don't anoint something that the basis is wrong. That's why I'm telling you. Because I know, I, I, I know some group of, I, I, I once pastored a church and there were some three groups of people who came there, three friends. And I noticed that two of them have moved on, but one still seems to be stuck. One of the churches somewhere. And the brother is not moving forward. You see, and I found out that when they came, the other two tried to live a Christian life, but the other one was always involved in some shady, sleeping with people around. You see, and the person doesn't know that that is the reason why you have not gone forward because the other people who, the other people, even though they, they look, let's make it, even though they all don't make mistakes, they were honest to confess to their pastor, look, Reverend, I have this problem, but you keep on lying. So that's why the years have gone by, you still have made progress. I'm teaching. Because you keep on lying. So I'm not talking about making mistakes. But you see, lay the round foundation. Even if you have a problem, the Bible says we all make many mistakes. Let's be, be honest and pray about it. Instead of doing what Isaiah said, adding sin upon sin. You have made a mistake and you lie about it. You lie about it. You, you are adding sin upon sin. 
a way to prosper. Even if you fornicate, when you get out of fornication, say, look, Lord, help me with my fornication. Lord, have mercy on me. This thing must die in the name of Jesus. Pray about it. I am telling you that even if you fornicate, pray about it. That Lord, help me. I'm struggling. And let me tell you something. You will be surprised. God will show you mercy. And one day, by his mercies, it will end. But don't lie about it. Don't add sin upon sin. Especially when the pastor has called you and you look at me face and you lie to me. Don't you? I, you I knew three sisters. I'm just watching you. I believe it. Because me, Chas, say, I will never. If you think that I'm going to say that, oh, I please, I will never say it. I will never. I will watch you. Because I heard the message from Bishop Saki. He said, look, he used to get worried. Disturbed. Preaching. People will not change. Until one day he read a verse. That when the spirit of truth comes, he himself, he will convict men of sin, of judgment. So his duty as a pastor is to preach to you. It's the Holy Ghost's duty to convert you. So maybe I'm preaching. <laughs> Please. If the foundation be destroyed. You understand? That is why even if you marry because of, you know, the basis of the marriage, whether oh, you moved here, you needed a roommate, and you, and then when you became, became your roommate, then somehow roommate in the winter, it was cold, blah, 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 and then, you know, and then things happen, and things, things happen, and then somehow, I mean, without no fault of yours, she came to her, I've missed my period. So because of the hidden pregnancy, you say, Reverend, want to marry. But it's, it's, the marriage is right, but the foundation is wrong. I'm preaching. The marriage is right, but the foundation is wrong. Are you hearing me? And if you don't correct it, you will continue to have problems. You see, people, usually, me, I'm preaching. What at the time? Look at me. I'm not going preaching. You see, people who lay that foundation of fornicating before marriage, when they marry, they don't trust each other. Because the foundation is wrong. Because just as they were doing it and lying to the pastor, now that they are married, they are wondering whether you are doing it behind their back. Yeah. So it is better to come and say, Rev, listen. You know. Rev, what what happened was one day. <laughs> Rev, what happened was that, you know, one day, when Rev, you know. Uh, Remember, what happened was <laughs> that one day, you know, Reverend, you know, you know, Reverend, what happened? You see, what you know, is he? The Reverend is a father. And you know that you are but clay. He knows that sin abounds with you. So rather, you want to say that, and counsel and advise and pray for you and give you all the possible dangers that can come so that you correct the foundation. Are you hearing me? In fact, one of the reasons why we struggle, I always tell musicians, like even musicians, 
See, a lot of them, they don't have the right foundation. The right foundation for a musician is one, you are a Christian first before a musician. And some of them think they are musicians before Christian. That's the wrong foundation. That's why they come like session men, they are in some way. Please, lay the right. That's why you say all instrumentals should wear shoes and look like pastors. Because that's what you are first. You are a Christian first. Because a lot of musicians deviate because of wrong foundation. You are not a musician. You are a Christian first. So all my instrumentals and musicians, you are a Christian what? Before what? What will take you to heaven is not your music. It's your Christianity. So in Lighthouse, we always tell our musicians, Christian first. You are not a session man. You are not a band boy. We expect you to have your quiet time, pray, outreach, witness, Christianity first before you play the keyboard or the guy or the drums. Christian first. You sing, you are a Christian first. The right foundation is necessary. If the foundation be destroyed. I'm preaching to you. One of the things that we started doing, and I will encourage you to do it. It's up to you. Me, I don't really, I mean, I'm just telling you the right thing to do. Let the Holy Ghost convince you. You see, like, so a lot of people came to our church already married. Or already, quote, unquote, married. So we are assuming that they are Mr. and Mrs. But as you become a Christian for a while, and you understand that, oh, maybe it was not so. We are not saying divorce. It is better to come and see the pastor. So this is the basis on which we got married. But now we know better. Then we pray for you and do a, and, and bless it properly. Instead of carrying that ill thing all over your head. That's why we are, Don't carry demons around. Not you. So that the foundation be right. Yeah. Maybe right foundation. Amen. I'm not saying walk in guilt and condemnation before because of them. I'm saying as you know the truth, lay the right foundation. So even if it was wrong, it can be corrected. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hey, why do I get into all these ones? I was talking about something about Absalom. Ah, okay, Absalom. A father's heart. That's why I got into all this. Mr. Father said, a father knows that you are some way. A father knows. But a father cannot correct you when you don't want to admit your faults. Amen. One day, one day, somebody was telling me a story. After she finished saying all the things she said, I was sitting there quietly. Say, Reverend, aren't you surprised? I said, aren't you surprised? I've seen, I, I person, I've heard wilder things. Yours is a small thing. The person was shocked that I wasn't surprised. Me surprised? No. I know more. I know more. But I'm glad that you were honest. So that you can lay the right foundation. Are you hearing me? If the foundation be destroyed. So I was talking about Absalom. That sometimes, you see, when a pastor allows somebody to do something, it does not mean that the person is right. So don't go contrary. What is the other aspect? Don't act like you are the over-righteous person. It's like, you are more righteous than the pastor. Are you more righteous than me? 
over righteous. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Reverend will allow you to do this. But me, as a, as a leader of the prayer warrior, I will not allow you to pray. Are you more righteous than me? Do you think you know more than me? That you are condemning those that I have allowed to pass? Are you more righteous than God? I, 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 that is why Jesus told the people, any one of you who have, no, who have not sinned before, let him first take the stone and throw. And if the, that, are you more righteous that you come with a stone? I'm preaching. You come with a stone. Are you more righteous? Listen. Allow the leader to overlook everybody and give people room. One day they will change. Tell your neighbor, one day you will change. change one day you get tired <laughs> I'm preaching either you change or you get tired I say either you change or what because how long what the, what the, uh, a, a, a lady was telling us he made a married couple for, who are like they are old now he said hey and the man used to chase women all over the place so what the couple say now your husband has changed oh he seems to be at home all the time. Then I was like, he hasn't changed. He's tired. He's <laughs> tired. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It's powerful. endorsement. So don't be over-righteous. Amen. So this Joab, look, Joab. 2 Samuel 18, 12, verse 12. 2 Samuel 18, 12. I want to conclude with this Joab behavior. So, when Absalom was in the battle and hung himself, then a young man came to tell Joab that, oh, we saw Absalom. Trapped on his hair. Then Joab said, Ah, why did you kill him? Why didn't you put a spear and kill him? You know what trouble Absalom has caused. Then the, 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 the man said, And the man said to Joab, Though I should receive a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, yet I will not put forth my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, the king charged thee and Abishai and Itai, saying, Beware. You see, in our hearing, in our hearing, in our hearing. So, as the person is saying, A, B, C, we were there when Reverend said it. Reverend said it. We all heard. We were all in church when Reverend preached about it. In our hearing. Hey, We were all there. Reverend said that when we go for visitation, we should not be anointing people and collecting money. We all heard it. We were all, we were all in church when Reverend said that we should try and go with visitation with the same sex. How come you are going with an opposite sex? We, we all heard. 
the shepherds meet him. That visitation, you go with the same sex. How come that you are driving with Sister B in the front of your car? In our own here, we all head. In our own hearing. We all heard when uh, uh, we all heard when uh, uh, Reverend said that oh, uh, Auntie Felicia is the choir leader and Alfred is assistant. How come that you want to change the order? In our own hearing, in our own hearing, we were all in church when Reverend jokingly said that oh, Brian is his assistant. He runs the church. How come Brian is saying come for shepherd's meeting? He said I won't mind you. In our hearing, that Reverend said Brian assists him. So if Brian is called for shepherd's meeting, how can you say, small boy? Who is he? I don't hear him. Because you see, I don't tell him. You may not appreciate what he does, but so far as I'm the leader, he does critical things. In our hearing, I'm preaching to you. You see, so be careful about people. You see, be careful about people who make statements like, well, even though he said, in my opinion, see, that is a disloyal statement, in my opinion. Independent. Anytime you start to say, in my opinion, you are exhibiting independent spirit. In my opinion, I don't, in my, I, I, in my opinion, in my opinion, in my opinion, I don't. It's not your opinion. We had a meeting. If you had an opinion, you should have said it at the meeting. Not that after the meeting, you gather a group of people and you have another meeting. Stage one. Listen to me, those of you who want to be leaders and run businesses, be careful about people who, after the meeting, they have a sub-meeting. That's the, very dangerous. You are hearing me? People, after you have the meeting with everybody, then after the meeting, the person organizes a sub-meeting. If you have any divergent opinion, say it at a meeting. In our own hearing. Job, he was Samuel. He was so Samuel, it's not even funny. Yeah. Yeah. He was so Samuel. Look, when, even when David was dying, David said, Solomon is the one who will succeed me. Of course, we all knew that Solomon had a very poor background. I mean, logically speaking, Solomon was, his mother was a Bathsheba, a woman that uh, his father saw bathing. Wife of Uriah. I mean, some, you understand? So, in a way, he was even more like an illegal type of thing. But David said, no. He will be my heir. But David had another son who was legitimate, Adonijah. Adonijah's mother was married to David. He was, when Adonijah was born, there was an outdooring. There was a baby shower. Everything was legitimate. They were white, white. Legit. 
I'm preaching to you. Everything was legit. And according to the Jewish custom, he was older than uh, uh, Solomon. So it must pass to him. But David said, no. It is not going to go to Adonijah. It is going to go to Solomon. Obviously, Adonijah got offended. I mean, how? I've been in the church all this while. I've paid all my tithes. I've done all the exams. How come I'm not the leader of this? She got offended. How come it's Brian? <laughs> he got offended. And decided that I'm not going to let this thing go to Solomon. I will also become the king. I will become the king. I won't take it lightly. So as usual, in, in all king making, you need elders and political leaders to back you. Secret meetings. First Kings, first Kings 5 and 7. First Kings chapter, first Kings chapter 1, verse 5. First Kings chapter 1, verse 5. Then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. I. By all means. Because by birth, by uh, birth order, marriage, I am the rightful person. So I will be the king. I am the proper child. This speaking of no way. And he prepared him chariots and horsemen and 50 men ran before him. And his father had not displeased him at any time in saying, what has that done? And he was also a very, and he was also a very goodly man. Good. And his mother bare him after Absalom. Verse 7. And he conferred with Joab. Pastor Joab, Reverend Joab. You see, you are the receiver of rebels. Anybody who wants to complain with the pastor, they come to you. Be careful. A shepherd who receives complaints. He conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruiah, and with Abiathar the priest. And they, and they, and, and they following Adonijah, helped him. somebody's assistant, when the person has said like, this person is no good, and then you are still helping the person. How independent can you be? I'm preaching loyalty. How independent? You see, let me tell you something. You may have your own opinion. You see, every time I point to Joab, you see that Job seems to exhibit a certain form of righteousness. Have you seen? Like everything he says, he's like he's the righteous guy. Like, look, listen to me. This Absalom, he was rebel. Let's kill him. Uh, this Adonijah, we all know from the laws of Moses. Moses said that it's the elder son who should become the head to the father. We all know that this Solomon, he was a picking abolo. It was adultery child. Why should we allow it? So he always seems right. He always seems honorable. He always seems to gather a group of people and he always seems to be spiritual. Seems, but he's not. He seems. He, he always 
seems to have verses to explain why it should not be so. You preach about loyalty so well, it, it doesn't really mean that. You preach about this. The person has verses to explain. You see, but let me tell you something. Our memory verse for today, it is not of him that will it, nor run it, but it is of God who showed mercy. You may have all the right credentials, but at the end of the day, it is God who chooses. Okay, do you understand? Know Adonijah had all the right credentials. But at the end of the day, it is the Lord who chooses. You may have done all the writing, you speak all the right words, you behave all the right way, but at the end of the day, it is God who chooses. So if you are spiritual, if you are really spiritual, you will learn that leave room for God and not your spirituality. If God says that this person is the head, even though you don't think so, allow that. See, a spiritual person will know that at the end of the day, it's God who chooses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Are you hearing me? If you are spiritual, you will know that, look, bottom line, it's God who chooses. Are you hearing me? So stop explaining why people are not married. Stop explaining why people are having difficulties. Stop explaining why people that you think are some way are being allowed to do important things in the church. Is somebody hearing me? Yeah. If you are spiritual. If you are spiritual. You will know that it's God who chooses. I'm serious. Look, let it be your prayer. Lord, show me mercy. Show me favor. Because let me tell you something. No matter how hard you try, if God does not choose you, this was Adonijah's problem. Look, Adonijah was very angry. And if you go by the books, who was legitimate, who they had an outdooring for, who was dedicated in the church, who has done all the ministry, who has been around, it was Adonijah. But David said, Solomon. Oh, that's, that's another message. Listen to me. Pray for the favor of God. I don't know. Somebody's been blessed. Pray for the favor of God. Look. Tell your neighbor, don't be an Adonijah. Trust it in your credentials. Pray for the mercy of God. I like that, my brother. A lot of us behave like Adonijas. But it doesn't. Adonijas. Please. Pray for the mercy of God. Pray that God will choose you. Listen to me. Pray that God will choose you. Pray that God will choose you. Should be your prayer. That Lord choose me. Lord choose me. You you have the right to choose. I'm praying, Lord, choose me. That's it. Pray. Yeah. 
it has always been my prayer. I mean, recently was a meeting. I mean, some bishop will give me something. When my name was mentioned, I was surprised because I wasn't thinking I would even be chosen. But pray that God will choose you. Carry on, something. Pray that God will choose you. Pray that the king will favor you. I said, pray that the king will favor you. Because the king has the right to favor whom you favor. Like Esther, the king favored her. I beg you. Credential did Esther had? I'm preaching. What credential did Esther had? He was a slave, no, an orphan, an immigrant. Even, even her educational background was questionable. No papers. Very questionable. And they were qualified girls. Can you believe it? Natives of the land. Citizens who felt that they qualify. But the king said, nope, 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 this one. Michael, I'm preaching. Listen to me carefully. It should be your prayer. That was the same story with David. When someone came to anoint, oh man. He looked at the people who qualify. He looked at the people who qualify. Say, this one should be. God said, Mm-mm. this one should be. Mm-mm. This one should be. Mm-mm. Because at the end of the day, it's not the choice of Samuel or the choice of their father. Look, if it was left to David's father, he would never choose David. Never, never do. You think of, I mean, what father? What do you think your father like you? When an important meeting is coming on, they send a message that somebody important is coming, and your father doesn't mind whether you are home or not. Yeah. But let me tell you something. Samuel says something. He said, "We will not sit down. We will not sit down until he comes. When God chooses you, no one will sit down until you." <laughs> May God choose you. I say, may God choose you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to prophesy. May God choose you. May you have, not have the spirit of Adonijah. The spirit of self-righteousness. May God choose you. May God choose you. Listen to me. My brother, if God chooses you, they, will not, they cannot sit down until you come. Until you show up, nobody can sit down. May God choose you. May God choose you. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's been a long message, but it's important. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Pray, pray, pray. May God will choose you. God will favor you. It is not of him. It is not of him. It is not of him that will it, nor of run it, but of God who showeth mercy. It's not of him, O God. Pray that God will show you mercy. God will favor you. God will show you mercy. God will favor you. Don't be righteous in your own eye. Don't have a self-righteous attitude. Remember, 
that you are a sinner. You are qualified by grace, oh God. My God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Quiet. God choose you. May the Lord favor you. Let it be your prayer, oh God. Come and be everything I ever thought I know. Oh God, choose me, favor me, oh God. Search me, Search me. true and true. May heaven find you qualified. May heaven find you qualified to receive the anointing, to receive the promotion. May heaven find you qualified, oh God. For you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. your hand on your heart. Father, we pray for ourselves. Deliver us from over-righteousness. Deliver us from self-righteousness. Father, give us a heart of humility and appreciation. And Lord, we pray. We pray. May heaven find us favorable. May heaven find us favorable. May heaven favor us. If there's anything in us that does not qualify us to be favored, Father, have mercy on us and take it away from us. May we be be found favorable. We pray that we will be chosen. Take away anything that is in our hearts that does not allow us to be chosen. May we be chosen. May we be preferred. May we be be favored. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. With every eye closed and every head bowed.
you are here this afternoon, you are not born again. Listen, you need God on your side, I'm telling you. You cannot will, you cannot run. God has to show you mercy. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, please for a few minutes, I want to pray. I want you to give your life to Christ. I mean, I have come to realize that I can do nothing without the grace of God. I can do nothing. No, 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 not me, no, no. I can't. And so is you. We all need the grace and the mercy of God. And the first grace that you need is the grace of salvation. It is by grace that you are saved. So this morning, there's a grace for salvation. So if you are not born again, there is room at the cross for you. There is room. You have an, op- you have an opportunity to be saved. So why don't, with every eye closed and every head bowed, you want to take advantage of this opportunity. Please, no movement. No movement at this time. You want to lift up your hand and say, Father, I want to be saved. I want to be a Christian. I want to be born again. I want to be born again. I want to take advantage of this grace and be saved. If this is your prayer, please lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. Father, we thank you this afternoon. I pray that nobody here will will not be saved. Let the grace of God that brings salvation appear to everyone here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord and be seated. To honor the Lord. May God run and rush to bless you. Amen. May your blessing come quicker than you thought. Amen. May angels by speed honor you. Amen. Receive it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Yep. When you see people running to give and give their first and best, it's another level. Amen. And God will run and bless you. Amen. Lift up an offering for the Lord. Thank you. Neighbor. Don't be Adonijah. Don't be Adonijah. Tell the person, neighbor. neighbor. Don't be Adonijah. Thinking that you qualify. Trusting in your own righteousness. Say, remember. remember. It is God who chooses. And prop- lay hands and say, God will choose you. God will favor you. God will bless you. Lift up your hand for a blessing. Father, I go down on my knees and I speak. I release exemptions. I release exemptions. Exemption from accidents. Exemptions from sickness. Exemption from being laid off. Exemptions from irreversible mistakes. Father, release exemptions. Amen. May your people be exempted. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are exempted, I tell you. Share the grace. Contribution. You are us now and forever. God bless you. We hope that you've been blessed. 
Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.